Well, good morning, Mission Vineyard. It's an honor to be with you this morning. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Thank you. <laughs> I, you know, I've seen so many awesome memes that you guys are putting on Facebook about being a mom uh, during this quarantine. Uh, it has definitely been different parenting. Uh, all the activities are gone. All the school is gone. All the all this stuff, especially if you live in an apartment, uh, getting your kids out to a park is illegal. So this is this is absolutely crazy. And so just want to thank you, moms. Just know that you remembered this morning, uh, that you're awesome, that uh, you're appreciated. Um, it, it's great that it's a Sunday that we get to celebrate Mother's Day and uh, to do it all together. We're in a series called Life from the Cross, and we wanted to make sure that Mother's Day was also included in this sermon title, A Life of Worship. We talked about it last week, and we're continuing today uh, because moms uh, and everybody, your life could be a life of servitude and suffering and feeling like you, this is something you have to do and, and you regret it, or your life could be a life of worship. And today we want to get to the heart of what it means to be drawn out uh, out of the heart that Jesus gives us, out of the love that he gives us, we talked about that last week, into a heart of worship. Uh, because, because of the cross of Jesus, we get to live a life of worship. Because of what Jesus has done, because of, uh, you know, there's an amazing amount of life that comes from the cross in a heart of worship. So last week we talked about it. Peter engaged with Jesus. He was talking about um, uh, uh, you know, all the things that Peter had done wrong by just saying, Peter, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? And Peter says, yes, Lord, of course I love you. Ah! And Jesus says, feed my sheep. So uh, what a great analogy to, for the role of moms and, and everybody that's listening today has had a mom. I'm just wondering if in the Facebook feed this morning, you could put in some of the great qualities you love about your mom. Just take a risk. Uh, what are some great things that you love about your mom or maybe an adopted mom or maybe just a mom that has mommed you but isn't family, isn't blood? Uh, what are some great qualities I want to see in the feed? Uh, like a mom figure. A mom figure. Some great qualities of a mom figure in your life. What are some great things you got there? Let me see. What do we love about moms? Because it's not all about servitude. <laughs> the life of a mom is not a life of a slave, right? No, but maybe servant-hearted <laughs> or servant-oriented. Yeah. Bold. I love it. Perseverance and wisdom. Forgiving. Forgiving. Oh, boy. The guys are putting forgiving. We understand what went on when you were a child. Strong-willed. Funny, silly, caring, selfless. These are great qualities. Again, guys, sorry that you had to put all the discipline words in. <laughs> Might be a good time to ask for forgiveness for all that. <laughs> Happy Mother's Day, Mom. Sorry for making such trouble for you. That's for me to my mom. I, I, now I recognize that. Um, so Peter engages with Jesus. Jesus says, do you love you? Arlita, would you read this from John chapter 21, 15 through 17? Sure. After breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied. 
You know I love you. Then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. Jesus repeated the question, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said, you know I love you. Then take care of my sheep, Jesus said. A third time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said, then feed my sheep. So feeding sheep, it's an outward example, it seems like, of the love of, of God that he gets. Jesus, of course I love you. I, of course I love you. And Jesus says, well, feed my sheep. So tell me, I've, so I've never, never been a mom. I've never given birth. I've never been a mother figure to anybody. I'm curious, as you think about Mother's Day Arlita, what kind of things come to mind as far as the kind of things you feel like are just part of how you pour out as a mom? Because there's so many different ways that uh, moms pour out. And um, sometimes it is from that love of Jesus that you go, oh, child, I love Jesus. And so I may not like you, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to pour out for you. What are some ways that you see in your role as mom and, or just in, in mothering what you've learned about what it means to pour out? to those who you're a mom of? Um, that's a great question. I think, um, I don't, I think just with any relationship really, whether being a mom or a spouse or I don't, a sister or daughter, um, laying my life down, like this, like Jesus laid his life down for all. And so taking on any type of role where there needs to be some level of reciprocity and also um, le- legitimate care because when children are little, they can't fully care for themselves the same way an adult can um, or articulate themselves or state their needs or wants um, in a very helpful way yeah. um, that you like you're just laying your life down for them um, to hopefully help raise them up to be people that would then pass it on to the next to their neighbor, to their own children, to their classmates, um, all that. You know, every single thing that you just said, I think about Jesus saying, feed my lambs, feed my sheep. I think it includes all of that. I think when Jesus is saying, feed my sheep, it's not just put grass in their mouths on the ground or bring them to good grazing grounds or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think it's all of that. Mm-hmm. It's articulating for them when they can't mm-hmm. or helping to f- them to articulate themselves or, you know, leading them. And it's not just being about a mom. I love that you said that because we are all uh, called into this. If we love Jesus, we, we have this love relationship from Jesus, but then we're poured out to other people. I know you and I were, have been talking about this th- this week. There, there seems to be this sense in the midst of this crisis. So th- this is part of the tension that's going on and, and why it's, I think it's so important to lean in to the heart of Jesus. And then um, from that, to, to, to look at the character of what it means to pour out of that, people are stressed these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, beyond, uh, you've seen some of the crisis that's going on with Georgia, uh, with Amud and, 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 and how he was shot back in February. There was just a sense of tension and violence there, but people uh, being asked to put masks on and shooting people at the stores. Like this, we're, you can just tell our society's full of, of a bunch of tension. And, and there has to be something else that, that changes us, that draws us. Like, obviously the level of anxiety is high. We've been talking about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think like our, we talked about it a little bit yesterday. It, for me, it felt like I was like the Saturday in between Good Friday and Easter. Yeah. This, uh, this already and not yet time and this living in this anxious moment. I'm in history with the COVID crisis, but as well as everything else that's going on in our world. And 
this was social media and, and even the news media being on all the time. Yes. Um, there's beautiful things. We could feel more connected and yet more isolated. And, uh, and, and like just how do we live out of that anxiety and how do we respond and um, how do we even learn how to sit in that and, and, and not just brush it aside? Um, it, like whether it's even Mother's Day is challenging for a lot of people, yeah. um, whether they wanted to mo be a mother and they can't or they have a hard relationship with their mother or um, they're uh, maybe they can't visit their mother right now because yeah. of this crisis. Um, those are all real feelings that aren't necessarily it's not helpful um, in the grand scheme of things to just sh shove them aside and not address them or at least acknowledge that they're there Those are real feelings. And that's valid to feel that way. And we would think that we wouldn't have these real feelings being so close to the reemerge portion of our society. Things are opening up. So you would think that people are being relieved by that. But I think it's actually more like uh, if you imagine when people have to come home from space, whether they're in the shuttlecraft or whatever, mm -hmm. there is a point where you enter back into the atmosphere and there's this shaking. Mm -hmm. There's yeah. this burning. There's this, there's a lot of energy involved. And I think that we're in that right now. Reemergence, I don't think is going to be like opening up the front door and taking a breath of fresh air like you know, on a day like today. I think that reemergence is, is, is really frustrating. It's really hard. And so um, this anxiety of we're going to be coming through, we're going to be, we're going to come out of this crisis, but not yet, but not yet. And like you said, it's Saturday. It feels like Saturday in between Good Friday and Easter. It's the already and the not yet where we know we've got the competency to come out of this crisis all right, and yet we don't. Well, there's still a lot of unknowns. There's so many unknowns. Um, like, you know, if you go back to the analogy of Mother's Day, there's unknowns about, will all of my hard work result yes. in um, a, like, good citizen? Or will they be loving? Will they find friends? Will they find a spouse in the future? Will they find a job? Yeah. All those things. There's unknowns. There's anxiety around a lot of different things. There's an anxiety around, even with reemergence, whether you think um, that COVID crisis has been o overblown or un like underblown, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Like um, there's, uh, there's a lot of unknown. We're learning as we go. And there's, there's anxiety even in that. And um, figuring out like what does it look like to even reemerge, and for all of the things that we took for granted as normal, right. um, maybe we need to reimagine and rethink what that all looks like. Yeah. So before we're going to get into a scripture where Jesus really does a good job of talking about what it means for him to be shepherd in this season of anxiety. But before we do that, I want to pray because we've uh, there's been about 54 I think people that have passed away in San Antonio because of this virus and a ton of increase in people that have gotten sick, especially in uh, the Bayer County Jail. There's, I think, 250 plus mm -hmm. that are now infected. There's 850 that have come through it. Uh, but I just, Jesus, uh, we're not New York, we're not Italy, we're not China, we're San Antonio. And in this season, we just welcome you, Lord, to be the healer of our city, healer of the virus, healer of the anxiety, Lord, we ask you, we intercede as a church that you would be the good shepherd of our city. And God, I ask today that by your Holy Spirit, the word of God coming out of John, you speaking would speak into our hearts and then would pour out of our hearts into our neighbors and friends that you would be good shepherd in us and through us. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Well, I want to engage John chapter 10, if I can take the Bible from you. You did such a good job yes. of reading. Um, we're going to be in John chapter 10, verse 1. And uh, part of the tension that Jesus is talking about here is people were questioning whether or not he was really the Son of God. He was really the Messiah. And so John chapter 9, there's a lot of struggle that people have. And the way Jesus describes that he is actually the Son of God, that he is the Messiah, is by talking about what it means to be a good shepherd. If you go to Ezekiel 34, and you can read this another time, or maybe somebody on Facebook, you can put it up on the feed. What Ezekiel does, the prophet Ezekiel talks about how the Messiah, how the king becomes shepherd. There is no other king in all of existence that has come as close to being a shepherd to us. But yet in the prophet Ezekiel in chapter 34, he names it that one of the qualities of the Messiah is that he will be king, but he will be king that shepherd to us. And there's so many beautiful qualities of shepherd. We're going to see them right here in John chapter 10. So let's begin to read. Jesus says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who sneaks over the wall of a sheepfold rather than going through the gate must surely be a thief and a robber. And Jesus is talking about a couple different characters here. He's talking about religious folks that try to take care of sheep without actually being their shepherd, just to get money out of them, just to abuse them. There's religious abuse even in Jesus's day. But he's also talking about political authorities that claim authority over the sheep without actually serving them. And so he's starting to name what it means to be king and shepherd. He continues, but the one who enters through the sheep gate, through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep, the true shepherd. He's describing himself here. He enters through the gate. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him. That's our father in heaven. And the, and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Now you may not know this about sheep, but there could be five different flocks all in a pen. And when the shepherd comes and starts calling for the sheep, sheep will recognize the voice of the shepherd and just come out of the sheepfold. The shepherd knows the sheep so well because he's sleeping in the same area. He's with them all the time. He's talking all the time. The sheep know his voice, partly because sheep don't have very good eyesight. And so their ears are just attuned to their shepherd's voice. So he calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. This is the characteristic that God wants us to have with Jesus, that he calls us, he leads us through anxiety, through this crisis, and we follow him. And it takes a level of intimacy where we actually get to be a sheepfold with Jesus and, and hear his voice, whether it's through his word, his word through other people, his word spoken directly to us. Verse 4, after he's gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them, and they follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. So here you see another characteristic of the shepherd king. He's not one that goes from behind and like a cattle driver driving them from behind on a horse. He walks ahead. So like in this crisis, I'm thinking like for those who are struggling with anxiety, this life from the cross, a life of worship, I think begins right here. Mm -hmm. This moment where we're not driven mm -hmm. by Jesus, we're led by him. Mm -hmm. So 
we say life from the cross because Jesus has already been to the most anxious, mm-hmm. most destructive place. And I'm curious for you, Arlita, you know, there's a, there's a time and a space where each of us have faced anxiety, but where you felt like Jesus was leading you. I'm thinking of times I know because I'm your husband, times in college uh, where you just, you knew that he was leading you, that you weren't mm-hmm. forced anywhere. I'm wondering some of those moments for you out of anxiety where you felt like Jesus wasn't pushing you. It wasn't an anxious time of having to escape or going through a crisis. It was even in the midst of crisis, Jesus was leading you. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think um, I think another way to like word anxiety, because sometimes that people have different definitions, but it's just tension or stress Yeah. Um, in college can be a stressful time. Yeah. Um, I transferred colleges. Uh, my first year in college uh, was my dream of becoming an architect wasn't realized. I, I was not as good at X, Y, or Z as I had hoped to be, and I really struggled. And so switching colleges was an anxious time. But in that season of making this hard turn, I really met Jesus in a really palpable way, and that really solidified um, a level of uh, knowing my father's voice, my shepherd's voice. Yeah. And that really has shaped me for the last 25 years um, in in how I manage anxiety or stress or tension. And when I feel like I can't hear his voice as well, what do I do? But I return back to scripture. I return to worshiping um, through song um, or podcasts that really encourage my walk with Jesus, um, stuff like that. So we can hear his voice again. I think it's so powerful that even though we may feel like we're going through the atmosphere of reemergence or feeling tension or all of that, the shepherd's voice leads forward and he leads ahead. He goes before us. Jesus has already reemerged from this virus. He's, he's eternal. And so he's welcoming us into that eternal presence. I think it's also helpful to think through with that analogy is that he actually determines my steps forward. I mean, mm. I, I have a, a, a choice in, dis- in like not following his lead. Um, but if I get to choose, oh, Jesus says it's safe now, or Jesus, yes. like obviously in discernment with other people, listening to experts um, or people that I trust. And, but he gets to choose. I don't have to do it based upon what um, that someone so says I should do or someone so says not to do. But Jesus is leading me as I choose to reemerge and how I do that. That's it's, we're going to get to sort of the self-deferentiated person, and you're beginning to describe it, what it means to be um, so solid with Jesus that the decision is not forced or done by anxiety, but it's done by the leading of the Holy Spirit, the leading of Jesus. So uh, Jesus continues here, and uh, this is verse 6. He said, "Those the, the, the narrator says, those who heard Jesus use this illustration didn't understand what he meant. Uh, so he, did, he explained it to them, and he said, I tell you the truth, I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me were thieves and robbers, but the true sheep did not listen to them. Yes, I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. They will come and go freely and will find good pastures. The thief's purpose is to steal and to kill and destroy but my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. I'm going to read that again. The thief's purpose is to steal and to kill and destroy, but my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. And I think we're seeing that as we were talking about those who are reacting with violence, with slander, with fear tactics, 
This, these are the characteristics of the thief who wants to steal and kill and destroy. So we know the character already of the shepherd's voice, of Jesus' voice, is the opposite of that. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. This is verse 11. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. A hired hand will run away when he sees a wolf coming. He'll abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him. And he isn't their shepherd. And so the wolf attacks them and scatters the flock. The hired hand runs away because he's working only for the money and doesn't really care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd, Jesus says. I know my sheep. They know me, just as my Father knows me and I know the Father, so I sacrifice my life for the sheep. I have other sheep too that are not in this sheepfold. I must bring them also. They will listen to my voice, and there will be one flock with one shepherd. The Father loves me. This is what I love, this, and we're going to get to self-differentiation here. The Father loves me because I, love, I sacrifice my life so I may take it back. No one can take my life from me. I sacrifice it voluntarily, for I have the authority to lay it down when I want to and also take it up again, for this is what my Father commanded. There is something, this life from the cross and, and being able to have a life of worship even in the midst of anxiety, that because Jesus lays his life down for us, that we can enter into the same life. The, one of the illustrations that Jesus is making here is laying down literally for the sheep is actually being the gate, like in the sheepfold, wolves can't come through unless they go through the shepherd first. He is literally the wall between the sheep getting scattered and violence. He's the one that is asleep, staying there, staying watch, but like actually a wall between them and the sheep. There's just, there's something about Jesus that just, it draws us close to this place where we don't have to be afraid. Or if we are, we can take a moment and recognize that actually he's at the wall. He's actually protecting us. Uh, what does it mean? How have you experienced this, Arlita, where you're able to, to see and notice what's going on, the anxiety, the tension, and recognize that Jesus is there? I think first it's just actually just becoming aware of what I'm feeling. Um, if I'm, uh, there's different ways that people respond in anxiety. Um, you know, kind of people that may have heard of the fight or flight. And there's also a freeze. It's a third option that you mm. just kind of become immobilized, um, not knowing what to do. You don't do anything then. Um, I think it depends on the situation, what response we have, the relationship, or um, there's obviously very moments of, of acute anxiety where you're being chased by a dog, for example. Right. That's like an, obviously an immediate stressful, ten, tensefold moment that dissipates fairly quickly, hopefully. Um, but then there's other kind of chronic anxiety that kind of ebbs and flows of being a parent, for example, or um, a teacher. Um, in, naming those things, those three things, fight, flight, or freeze, or freeze, even naming them mm -hmm. so that we that helps us be aware mm -hmm. of what's going on. Yeah. And it just then, for me, it gives me pause to then decide how to move forward. Um, similar to that verse of like laying down my life, I get to decide, am I going to try to have my way win or am I going to go into fight, like with my children, for example, am yeah. I going to um, create almost create more conflict? Like maybe they did do something that 
I need to correct, but how I respond to them is going to change the atmosphere in the room. It's going to yeah. either raise the anxiety even more, or it's, I'm going to de-escalate things and and have a place of conversation and growth and learning, um, and hopefully leading them towards Jesus in the process, um, either directly or indirectly by how my example towards them. Or am I going to like put, put my push my heels in and really dig in and and not really be like the shepherd gatekeeper person, but more like be the wolf. And um, mm. sometimes that's a reaction that I don't, I don't, when I don't take the time to pause and um, reflect on how I'm feeling, that sometimes is more likely the reaction, um, in, in a, especially with my children, maybe not in other circumstances, but I think we respond differently in, with different relationships. And then having, j just naming those behaviors, we can recognize in other people, we can recognize it in our kids, we can recognize it in our spouses, we can recognize it in our coworkers, like, is this person freezing? Mm -hmm. Is this person fleeing? Mm -hmm. Is this person fighting? Because an anxiety is raising up in them. And I love, I've heard this from you. I know you get it from, from some other folks. But um, when anxiety goes up. Thinking goes down. Thinking goes down. Mm -hmm. And you can imagine in, in this crisis how much thinking has gone down. And how much See, this is part, there are, there are functional, like Jesus is the way. <laughs> like there are actually functional reasons why Jesus died for us. There's actually a, a physical, emotional, and spiritual invitation that Jesus makes to us by dying for us. So that in the midst of uh, this tension in the world, we don't have to fight, flight, or freeze. We can follow. Mm. Follow, follow, step by step, follow. This is the invitation of the good shepherd because when we follow, just by following, our life becomes a life of worship, not a life of anxiety. We wanna lead you in, in just understanding these characteristics, but then also into a time of submitting the fight, flight, and freeze, of laying that down and lifting up to Jesus your desire to follow, to hear your shepherd's voice, to believe that he's at the gate of your life, to believe that he's not going to push you, he's going to lead you, mm. and he's going to do it by his own voice. This is the way in the midst of tension, in the midst of anxiety, we have a life that's worth living, a life of worship, a life where we say, Jesus, I love you. And he says, well, feed my sheep. Then we get to, out of an overflow, out of following, get to be a voice for others who are frozen, fighting, or fleeing. <laughs> God loves us through sacrifices as part of his characteristics. Everyone wants to be like Jesus and, and, and because he has this peace about him. But he also has the sacrifice about him too. I know, especially you moms, you're thinking today, have I done enough for my kids? But when we follow Jesus, we don't worry about the sacrifices that we made. We lean on the sacrifice that Jesus makes for us and makes for our kids too. We trust in him that our kids can follow them. Life from the cross is a life of worship. And being aware of our responses, fight, flight, or freeze, is the beginning. It's the first step of recognizing 
that actually we need to follow. So there's a struggle of Jesus being an example. There's a struggle of being a healthy sheep and following the shepherd's voice. There's an image given, us, given to us through the cross. It's an image, actually, that we were made to be like Jesus. There's a, 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 a psalm, Psalm 121, where God says, I know you're going out and you're coming in. He knows that sometimes you've been in the sheepfold, sometimes you've been scared away, but that he's always with us. So I want to make an invitation with you this morning to follow Jesus. This is the life worth living. This is the life of worship, where our lives get to be poured out, not in anxiety, not uh, driving around being angry at everyone, not um, creating more anxiety in the home and arguments, but following. This is what Jesus is asking, and this is the peace that he gives us as a good shepherd. So let's just take a moment right now and just pause right where you are, it's a practical thing. It's an awkward thing over this technology, but I just want to pause and just submit to the Lord where you've recognized, where you have fought out of reaction, where you've frozen out of reaction, or when you fled out of reaction, and just welcome Jesus into all of those. Let's, let's just wait and pray. I'm going to ask Arlita, if you would, recognizing how being a mom in the season can just be a, a little bit different, would you, would you pray for our moms out there? Mm-hmm. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, that um, you are our good shepherd, the, the best there is, Lord. And I pray, God, that you would care for your sheep today, Lord. The, the little lambs, Lord, the children sheep, the baby sheep, Lord, that um, are missing their moms, whether they are in the military and overseas, Lord, or they can't be with them right now while they get well. Lord, I also pray that you're with those moms, the ones that can't be with their children, and whatever their circumstances are, Lord. I pray, God, for the moms who have lost their moms to death or other circumstances, Lord. This day is, is a day of joy and a day of struggle and sorrow, Lord, for so many people. And so, Lord, I pray that you would come near and really care for your sheep today. Even the men, Lord, that um, are thankful for their moms but had a, a maybe a rocky relationship with their moms or, they, again, they can't be with their moms, Lord, I just pray that you would comfort uh, your sheep, your flock today, Lord Jesus, in really special um, Holy Spirit-filled ways, Lord Jesus. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The truth is, the beauty of the life of the cross that comes to us, what enables us to have a life of worship, is that Jesus is standing at the gate of our lives. He defends us from the wolves of life. He enables us to be free from anxiety, free from the fight, flight, or freeze. And he welcomes us to follow him. And there may be some of you who have not made a decision to follow Jesus yet, and I want to pray for you right now. It may be that you've made a decision before, but you need to say it again. And so Would you pray with me right now? 
Lord Jesus Christ, we call you Lord, the good shepherd, the king that comes close. Lord Jesus Christ, I am sorry for the things that I've done wrong in my life. Just take a few minutes. Ask the Lord for forgiveness. Our brokenness is not a surprise to him. He just wants to heal us. He just wants to free us. And would you pray with me right now? These three words, please forgive me. I now choose, I now turn from everything which I know is wrong. Thank you that you died on the cross for me so that I could be forgiven and set free. Thank you that you offer me forgiveness and the gift of your spirit. I now receive that gift. Please come into my life by your Holy Spirit to be with me forever. Thank you, Lord Jesus. This is a beautiful, beautiful day, not only physically with the sun shining and it's beautiful, not only do we get to celebrate moms today, but it's a beautiful day because Jesus offers himself to us as good shepherd, that we can be led out and follow him freely. My prayer for you today is that in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, that you would feel confident to follow Jesus, no matter what's going on, no matter what conflict you come up against you'd be able to recognize whatever anxiety is coming up in you, whatever fight, flight, or freeze is coming up, and you desire to follow, that you can step forward to follow. Now, we have, been, have had people praying for you before the service. They've had some specific words for you that they've felt like and, and have taken a risk that God may have some specific things for you this morning. Uh, I want to pull those up right now, and, and I think they're going to be on the feed as well. Let me make sure I get them right here. Uh, a specific word, be encouraged. Jesus is going to give you victory over all things. <laughs> well, I think that's right on for today. Someone with a stomach or digestion issue, for one struggling with infertility, know that God has great faithfulness. You know, in our church, we actually believe that God has healed and does heal. He hasn't stopped. He's always been about healing. And so if you need prayer for healing today, especially around the area of infertility, we have seen miracles of people being able to get pregnant. This is just, so we live in the already and not yet of some people getting prayed for or not, but we lean in to the already of God's kingdom and rule and reign and in miracles. And so we encourage you to get prayer for this. Uh, a mother's heart is in mourning. That's another specific word. And then someone with a pain in the elbow. Now, beyond all that, I would love for you, if you just want a mother's blessing, to get prayed for today and receive a blessing, uh, there's a Zoom link that's going to be in the feed right now. Uh, this is an opportunity for you to, to uh, check in with a prayer ministry team, and you'll go to a, an individual room within, within Zoom. It's private. It uh, won't be shared with anybody. And it's just p others that are trained to welcome Jesus to whatever's going on, emotionally, physically, and spiritually. So please, this is the day that it would be great if you click on that Zoom link, and uh, be able to connect with somebody who will pray for you and join with you in what's going on in your life. Um, anything else? No, I think you're great. Okay. <laughs> I think you're great. Happy, happy Mother's Day.
Oh, next week. Thank you, Jeff. Uh, next week, we will be doing an all-church Zoom. So please get the word out at 10 a.m. We will be all together on a Zoom call celebrating all that God's done in this time of COVID-19. Uh, we are in the midst of the reemergence process. It's possible we might be back in the Duseum with some distancing in June. We're not sure yet, uh, but it, it's still May. We still wanted to take time to be able to celebrate what God has done because he's been doing so much. In fact, this Tuesday, again, if, and if you, you're willing to help, we're going to be feeding 10 more families through uh, Bowden uh, Academy, those that uh, can't travel, can't get out of the house. We're going to be delivering food uh, through their, their, their um, counseling services there. There's so much still going on, uh, providing for folks financially. Uh, thank you all so much for giving. I, I, I want to pray also, God, that just thank you so much for the way you've provided for our church and the way you've provided for us to have the ability to, to help others with their finances. We know, God, that uh, there's still a season of need. And so, God, I just pray that every single dollar that's given in the church, every single cent would go to your kingdom work, we ask in Jesus' name. Again, we bless you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit to go out full of faith and courage that Jesus is at the gate of your life and that he's inviting you to follow and it's going to be a beautiful life. Happy Mother's Day. Uh, have a great day. Uh, enjoy this weather and uh, we'll see you next week. Get into a small group. All that stuff, all those links that are in the feed, uh, smallgroup.missionvineyard.org. And if you want to continue to give, give.missionvineyard.org or giving.missionvineyard.org. Both will work. Uh, thanks so much. Have a great week.